It was uh, just a year ago that we started in the book of Genesis, and now we are in the book of Revelation. And for uh, if you're talking to anyone who missed the service today and, and they're missing this message on Revelation, tell them it's okay, it's not the end of the world. All right, so that's a good time for us to, uh, to pray as we uh, go to God. Uh, God, we thank you for all of the Bible, uh, from Genesis right to Revelation. We thank you for uh, all of the, the hope that we find in these words. And we pray that you would speak to us as we uh, look at this final book of the Bible, that you would give us clarity of mind, that your spirit would speak to us. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. There is a, a lot of um, focus these days in the world of entertainment to avoid what's called spoilers. And if you're not familiar with what a spoiler is, uh, it's when there is a, a movie or a TV series or a, a book, a novel, and people will carelessly share the ending uh, to those who are hoping to hear the story or to, to experience uh, the, the, the narrative that's going on, and they don't want the ending spoiled for them. So just as I was coming in, I was uh, talking with uh, Keegan, and he told me he saw the new Star Wars movie, which I haven't seen yet, so as soon as he said that, I made sure, like, I don't want to hear anything, I don't want it spoiled for me, I don't want to hear what happens, I want to be able to enjoy it as it comes out and to experience all of the surprise that takes place. Although, I have to admit, I am the kind of person that when uh, the Titanic movie came out, I told people ahead of time that it sunk, okay? I, I ruined the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, I'm sorry that I've already uh, wrecked it for you, but yes, the Titanic does ultimately sink. So, we, we don't want to have those kind of stories uh, spoiled for us, but what about the story of salvation history? What about the story of God working in the life of human beings on planet Earth. Do we want a surprise? Uh, Are we afraid that things are going to be spoiled for us if we know how things go? Well, we are actually given information about how the story comes to an end and is found in different places of the Bible, but specifically in the book of Revelation. And in Revelation, we get a picture of what takes place in the end. And I don't think that this is a spoiler, because when it comes to uh, going through life, experiencing God, uh, trying to navigate the challenges of life, uh, we don't need surprises. We don't want to all of a sudden find out what's going on. We want to know ahead of time, where are things going? What is the plan that God has for all of creation. And so that's what we're going to be taking a look at this morning as we look at the final part of the book of Revelation. Now, before I became a Baptist, I belonged to two different traditions. And the the one that I grew up in, we never talked about the book of Revelation. It was just completely avoided. Uh, It was seen as something was for those weird Christians to uh, talk about. So we just completely avoided that. However, when I moved on from there, the the next uh, denomination that I was a part of really focused on the book of Revelation. In fact, there was, I had friends that would have been happy if every Sunday we had a sermon on Revelation, that we just focused on Revelation completely. We just talked about the end times. And in that, 
there was this uh, there was an understanding that revelation was really about trying to figure out the clues about how the end of the world was going to happen they really saw in the book of revelation as being a, a collection of mysteries uh, that there was it was a riddle that you could work through and you could figure out exactly what's going on and then you'd be able to understand all the details you needed in terms of, of predicting the date, of figuring out who the Antichrist was, and all of these other things. It was a puzzle to be solved. That's how they understood the book of Revelation. And there was a, a problem with that, because the way they understood the book of Revelation was that it was almost completely a book for a future audience. That it was a book that was written for the benefit of those who were alive at the time that Jesus returned. And for those who originally received the book of Revelation, really the only benefit they had was that they were able to pass it on to future generations. It didn't really have a message for them because it was not about them. It was about the end times. It was about the future. And there's a problem with that. And the problem is, and this is in terms of uh, interpreting anything in the Bible, is that whatever we read in the scriptures has to be intelligible to the original audience, to the people who actually read it the first time, because they are the primary audience. Yes, we find a lot of relevance. We find a lot of encouragement, a lot of practical teaching, a lot of important theology for us today in the scriptures. But it was written, first of all, for that original audience. And that is true for Revelation. In fact, we know who Revelation was written to. In the first number of chapters, we see that there are seven letters to seven specific churches in the area that we would call today Turkey. And it was written to them as encouragement in the experiences that they were going through. Uh, And when you read those letters, you don't get the sense of, uh, here is some information about the future church, and it's really not going to be relevant for a couple of thousand years, but please pass this on, and really, that would be really nice. That is not the impression that we get. We actually find that this was very uh, specific to them and relevant to the experience that they were going through. And when you look at those seven letters, you see that those Christians were people who were living in a difficult time. That it was uh, a time where it was not easy for them to be followers of Jesus. Uh, at this particular point in, in history, uh, Christianity is starting to emerge as its own thing from Judaism. So at first, people understood Christianity as being a form of Judaism that understood Jesus as the Messiah. But by this time, the Christians are emerging as their own group. And this is really important because... As long as they were a part of Judaism, they had certain rights within the Roman Empire. The Romans had, uh, in order to try to keep peace with the Jews, had given them certain rights to have their, their own religion and to be able to avoid some of the other religious things that were going on in the Roman Empire. But now that they are seen as their own group, they are losing those rights. And they are coming into conflict, conflict with the Romans. And what's coming to be a problem here is that the Romans are expecting them to uh, give allegiance to the Roman emperor. And that would include some emperor worship. And that was something 
that the Christians couldn't do. Uh, all they wanted, they didn't care if the, if the Christians wanted to worship Jesus, but they also, at the same time, would have to acknowledge that Caesar was Lord. And the Christians couldn't do that, because there was only one Lord. Jesus is Lord, not Caesar, only Jesus. And so that brought them into conflict, and they were beginning to experience persecution. And there were people who were even getting to the point of being killed for their faith. And so this is the situation in which this revelation is coming to them. It's meant to be encouragement to them because they are seeing in the world around them that the wicked are prospering and the righteous are suffering. And they're calling out to God, where are you? Have you forgotten us? Uh, Is this all there is? And their answer is found in the message of Revelation. And in that way, Revelation is very relevant to us. We might not be experiencing persecution here, but we certainly live in a world where we are asking questions. Why are certain things happening? Why is injustice happening in certain ways? Why are those who are trying to be faithful uh, experiencing suffering? These are things that we are asking questions, and Revelation has answers to that. So knowing that that was the the situation of Revelation, what was going on in this passage here? Well, throughout Revelation, we see that there's this ongoing battle between good and evil, between uh, God and the devil, between the Lord and the dragon. We see this going on. And what we see is that there's something happening on earth, that this conflict between good and evil is taking place on earth, and it is a reflection of what is happening in the heavens, that there's a spiritual aspect to it, as well as a physical aspect of it. And so the battle is going back and forth, and and there are times that we wonder, well, it looks like evil is going to win. But the message of the book of Revelation is that God will win. Even if it looks like the forces of evil will have the upper hand at certain points, ultimately it's going to be God who will be victorious. Now, in our minds, the end of the story is about when we die and we go up to heaven. And yet, the message that we find in Revelation 21 is different from that. In fact, it is the opposite of that. What it is saying that eventually, when the victory comes, when uh, the devil has been completely defeated, God will come to earth. In fact, it describes, uh, instead of the people of earth going up to heaven, it describes heaven coming down to earth. It's like a marriage between heaven and earth. And that is an amazing image for us to think about. To think that God would come down to us. That he would meet us here. Now, try to hear those words through the ears of those original Christians who were first uh, uh, going through problems with the Roman Emperor. They're wondering, does God notice what is going on? Does God care about what is taking place? And instead of just hoping that maybe one day they could go to heaven... They are being told that God is so aware of what is going on that eventually he will come and be with them. He will come and dwell among them, that he will be present. Now, this is the the message of Christmas, right? We've been talking about Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? Emmanuel means God with us. And that this is the ultimate fulfillment of that. We have experienced some of God with us through Jesus Christ, through the Incarnation. But it's saying here that God will completely be with us. It will be ongoing relationship, presence, intimacy, in a way that we can't even imagine. 
But it doesn't just say that God's going to come, uh, that he's just going to appear and, and he's just going to visit. Uh, he's going to be doing something. And it talks about God wiping away the tears of those who are grieving, that he is comforting those who are in pain, that he is active in doing it. It doesn't say that he's going to send out his angels and he's, he's going to have these servants do this and that, and he's just going to be sitting there uh, giving orders. Uh, the image that's given is that God will do that. God will wipe away our tears. He understands that there are reasons for us to grieve. There are reasons for us to, to be suffering through this world, but it is coming to an end. God is going to bring ultimate comfort, and he's going to do it personally. Now, we don't fully understand how that's going to look. What is actually going to take place when the new Jerusalem comes down? Uh, what does all of this mean? Uh, how much of this is, is just the imagery and the symbolism of that's going on? How much of it is describing exactly what it's going to look like? We don't know. We don't have the answers for that. We don't need to have all those answers. What we need is the assurance that God sees the suffering of his people and that he is going to come to us and that he is going to bring relief. And in that, we can experience hope. Now, what is it that you're going through at this time in your life? What is it that you're experiencing? Do you find that you are uh, experiencing uh, problems in terms of of trying to live out your faith? Uh, Do you find that there are family members who give you a hard time over that? Uh, Are you experiencing physical suffering at this time? Are you struggling emotionally, spiritually? What is it that you're struggling with? Wherever we might be, Revelation has a message for us that God sees our suffering and he is coming. That there is a day coming in which he will bring ultimate healing. 2,000 years ago, God gave a revelation to John. This revelation was about the whole sweep of history, of what was happening at that time, the, the battle between good and evil, about God's victory. And not just the victory, not just the, the stamping down on top of the dragon, but rather what would happen To God's people. The purpose of Revelation is not for us to calculate the details of the end times. It's not about us trying to figure out who the Antichrist is. It's not about trying to pick a date or anything else that that people are really interested in. The purpose of the book of Revelation is simply to give hope to those Christians who are going through a difficult time. And that is the same message that is given to us. Just as much as it was given to the seven churches of Revelation, it is given to us today that there is hope. That history is not just about a random succession of painful events, but rather God has a plan. That God is present and active. And even when evil seems to be getting the upper hand, God is present in that. And ultimately, God will be victorious. God will win the victory. And because God wins, that means that we win as well. That is the message of hope. And that's the message that we hold on to, no matter what we might see through our eyes. Let us pray.
God, as we think about the full expression of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, we see in Genesis the creation of this good planet, the creation of Adam and Eve, man and woman, humanity, created in your image. We see the rebellion against you, and yet you did not give up on us. Suffering came into the world. It seems like at so many times that it is evil that is prospering, and those who are faithful, those who are seeking to be righteous, who suffer. There are times that we get discouraged by that. Just as those churches that you wrote to in Revelation were discouraged. And yet we share in the same message that was revealed to them. That you will win. That you are victorious. That evil will not be the winner. God, we pray that you would help us to see the big picture, to understand the ways that you are active in history, and that ultimately we will be on the winning side. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.